Welcome to the BizTimes MKE podcast and another episode of the Weekly Debrief. I'm Arthur Thomas, Managing Editor at BizTimes Media, and I'm joined on the Weekly Debrief, as always, by BizTimes Editor Andrew Wyland. Andrew, how are you doing? Oh, you know, it's the end of another week, and uh, so feeling good. Spring is finally here. We're busy, so it's been a very busy week personally and professionally, so... That's good. Just keeps uh keeps me with something to do. Busy's good. It's the right kind of busy um in a lot of cases. So we'll we'll take that and run with it. Let's uh let's dive right in then. And uh, since we're busy and there's not much time, uh <laughs> let's start with our insider story spotlight, uh, which is a chance for us to highlight some of the stories that are available only to BizTimes insiders. If you are already an insider, thank you very much. We really do appreciate that support. It helps make our work possible. If you're not an insider, please do consider subscribing. The equivalent of $9 a month will get you several insider benefits, including discounted admissions to some of our events, access to all the articles on biztimes.com, and other insider benefits. So go to biztimes.com, click on the subscribe button, and sign up. Andrew, what is your insider story spotlight this week? I'm going to pick another um, downtown Milwaukee office market scoop. Uh, we had a, a story I did about, it's not exactly the, certainly not a huge deal, but it's noteworthy. Um, Wells Fargo found out they're moving their office from the 100 East building to the 833 East Michigan building. Why is this interesting? Well, besides the fact that Wells Fargo is, is a prominent company, I mean, it's only a 6,000 square foot space. Uh, it's their commercial lend. It's a commercial lending office they have in Milwaukee. But what's interesting about it is just the fallout of what's happening to the 100 East Building. The 100 East Building, once one of the most prominent downtown Milwaukee addresses, the building went into foreclosure. It had lost some major tenants to newer buildings, particularly the the BMO Tower. And now the building, uh, a judge recently approved the sale of the building to some local developers who are planning to convert it into apartments, which means, okay, the building's half empty, but there's still some office tenants in there who are going to have to leave and go somewhere. So now it's sort of a kind of a free-for-all to try to, you know, have other office buildings, office brokers try to attract these tenants that sooner or later, as this redevelopment process moves forward over there, they're going to have to find a new home. Well, Wells Fargo is an example of one of those tenants, and 833 East Michigan building, which is an Ergens building near the lakefront, is an example of one of the winners of the fallout of what's happening at 100 East. And there are several other tenants we're going to be watching to see where, where they end up. But this is an example. And that's a building that's 833 East Michigan is very high occupancy rate. So that's a building that's in very good shape. And, uh, you know, it's a newer building. So, you know, you, you kind of see this. Uh, flight to quality, musical chairs game that where the newer buildings tend to win out over the older ones. Hard East is an older building from the eighties. And now it's going it, to, it's a stage in its life cycle where it's going to be becoming residential. So that's, uh, that's what I think makes this story interesting is not a huge deal, but an interesting deal for all those reasons. Yeah. We'll have to, uh, maybe come up with a leaderboard of something of, uh, where all the yeah. hundred East tenants land, uh, Right. You know, like you said, the BMO Towers has been an early winner on on that front in terms of attracting some of those tenants. Uh, my insider story spotlight this week focuses on MGS Manufacturing in Germantown, 
Uh, Ashley Smart had a nice story uh, detailing their continued expansion. Um, they've had, uh, I think, a couple waves already uh, over the last several years. The latest is a nearly 120,000 square foot innovation center um, that's at their facility on Maple Road. Uh, the interesting thing about MGS, at least for me, I'm, I'm from Germantown originally, and they're kind of my go-to example of a company that when I was in high school, I had no idea this company existed, what they did, anything like that. Um, you learn, you know, covering manufacturing, turns out they're one of the, you know, they make um, uh, plastic parts and tooling and molding and, and different things. Um, and it's, it's a really big, like global company uh, that you wouldn't know um that's that's right there. Um, so it's always interesting for me to to see because it's I mean it's located less than a mile from you know less than a quarter mile I to think from Germantown High School. Um, and like I said, had no idea what they did. And there are so many stories like that throughout southeastern Wisconsin where these businesses in industrial parks and things like that where you don't necessarily know what what they're making and they're making some part that goes into a component that goes into things you use every day which, you know, is, it's interesting to learn about and interesting to see, you know, how the Wisconsin economy um, shapes life around us every day. Yeah. And we're, we take a lot of pride in, and we get very excited when we get the opportunity to tell stories about companies that, yeah, like this one, that that may be a little bit below the radar for the average person, but these are significant businesses that are, that are a pretty big deal in their industry. And when we hear about, you know, expansion projects going on like this, we get a chance to highlight them. So it's exciting. Yeah. Speaking of pretty big deals, let's shift to our big story of the week, uh, which comes to us from Kenosha County and specifically downtown Kenosha, where uh, we've learned this week there are plans from Milwaukee-based development firm firm Cobalt Partners and the Fond du Lac-based construction firm C.D. Smith to do a nine-block $450 $450 million development project in downtown Kenosha uh, that would lead to the construction of more than a thousand apartments and condos, mixed use retail spaces, a market hall, and at least two office buildings. So massive projects still maybe kind of, you know, relatively early in the process here. Um, but this would be, you know, kind of right down in downtown Kenosha in the Harborside area bordered by Sheridan road on the West 52nd street on the North 56th Street on the south and 5th Avenue on the east. Uh, like I said, big, big potential development, $450 million. Um, not the kind of thing that gets announced every day. Uh, Andrew, what beyond the, the big price tag, what catches your attention about this? Well, I mean, everything about this project, you know, is just a stunner to hear about. It's just such a big, I mean, a nine block, uh, Development project, redevelopment project, downtown Kenosha. You mentioned the massive dollar figure. I mean, it's going to play out. This isn't going to happen overnight. This is a, this is foreseen to be a seven to 10 year, you know, process. Not surprising given the, the, the scope of it. Um, it's just a stunning, uh, move for, for a city like Kenosha. Um, it's just interesting on, on a lot of levels. I mean, number one is, you know, you've, you've seen the city of Kenosha take an active role in trying to set the stage for this, you know, sort of assemble a lot of these properties. And in fact, including 
the city hall property in this and basically saying, well, you can have the city hall site and we'll, we'll include a new city hall basically as part of all this, but they're literally putting the city hall site into the mix here because the city really wants to see more development in downtown. And, and, and Kenosha is just such an interesting city in terms of its potential. Um, it's a pretty, it's already a pretty big city, about a hundred thousand people that area has seen a lot of growth near the freeway, Pleasant Prairie, which is, you know, an, an adjacent village right on the state line, um, has seen a lot of subdivision development. Um, you know, we know Uline has expanded so much. Amazon has come in. But what we haven't seen really is a lot of population, overall population growth in Kenosha County, at least recently. I think you know, maybe 10, 20 years ago, there was a surge of population growth there. And it's really leveled off. And it's been curious to us because there's so many businesses coming in to the county, a lot from Illinois, that we haven't seen more population growth there. So I think potential is there for Kenosha lying in between Chicago and Milwaukee on the commuter rail line known as Metro that takes you to downtown Chicago. The downtown's proximity to the lakefront. Um, there's just a lot to like about Kenosha. Kenosha has been through a lot of, you know, transitioning from, you know, the auto industry used to have such a huge presence there and, and that went away. So there's been a big transition in their economy. And now you, you've seen a lot more warehouse and distribution things near the freeway and that. But, uh, you know, their downtown seems to have a lot of potential. And here's a developer that, believes that and is is interested in doing just a massive amount of development over the next decade. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, you can see it's not, you don't have to squint too hard to see that potential, um, you know, lakefront connection to the Metro line, things like that. But, you know, you throw, I think in some ways it suffers from some of the same challenges that Racine County faces in just where the downtown is located in proximity to the interstate. Um, I mean, it takes a little bit, you know, you get off 94 and it takes you a, a oh, yeah. decent amount of time to get all the way east to those, those downtowns, which uh, can be a bit of a, a roadblock. And that's the interesting thing to watch here, you know, does that, those, do those potential benefits, the lit, the, the connection to Chicago, the people coming across the border you know, from, from Illinois, Illinois has got worse population trends than, than Wisconsin, certainly. Um, and that lakefront proximity, you'd, you'd think all that could add up to something, but you know, there's probably some, some hurdles to get over. So that'll be the interesting thing to watch as this plays out. Um, does, uh, the, de- the, the demand that they think is there, does that materialize? Yeah. Downtown Kenosha, like you said, like downtown Racine is not easy to get to, um, by car because it, because it is far, the freeway is built considerably west of those of those downtowns it's not like taking the freeway to downtown milwaukee where you can exit and you're there um the i-94 is considerably west of those downtowns it's it's a track to get from the freeway to those downtowns but um kenosha being the community that's closer to chicago and on the commuter rail line racine does not have that those are big advantages that it has and um, I think, you know, ought to, ought to serve it well 
going forward. The other interesting thing is just the developer, Cobalt Partners, Scott Yauk is is the guy behind Cobalt Partners. And he has done a lot of these large-scale developments in communities that he identifies as maybe haven't seen a lot of development that he thinks there's there's potential there for it. He's um, Greenfield in particular. He's done a lot of stuff. I mean, he did the 84 South project uh, right along 894 is is a huge development project that he did. He's working on a couple others in Greenfield. Um, one right at where Loomis Road intersects with 894. There's a lot of construction work going on for that right now. But he also did he did a big um, mixed use development in Menominee Falls. He's there's another one under under construction as well in Bayside. So he has liked to work, you know, in the Milwaukee suburbs in areas that he identifies as being perhaps underserved. And he does, he likes to do these kind of big multi-building developments, not just one, one building. So this is a little different because it's a downtown project and uh, it's not a Milwaukee suburb, it's Kenosha. But the similarity is I think he's identified a community that maybe or just an area being downtown Kenosha, unlike along the freeway Kenosha, where it hasn't seen a lot of development lately, but he sees potential there and opportunity. And uh, so it's very interesting to see him make this move, and we'll, be, we'll see how it plays out. Absolutely. And it's a project we'll continue to watch over the coming weeks, months, and years. Until then, that'll do it for this week on the BizTimes MKE podcast and the weekly debrief. Thanks for joining me, as always, Andrew. All righty. This is Dan Meyer with BizTimes Media. You've been listening to the BizTimes MKE podcast. For more business news and insights, be sure to go to biztimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, BizTimes Milwaukee.